Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're in Amos chapter 4. Before we get to that, I wanted to let you know that yesterday we released another interview on the CC Podcast Conversations. It's an interview I was able to do with Michael W. Smith back on May 15th. Michael W. Smith, of course, being the prolific, well-known Christian music artist over the last several decades. And so you can go check that out at the same place that you're hearing this podcast. You just got to find the other one, the CC Podcast Conversations. And if that's too much of a problem, you can find all of our content on our website, christiancrusaders.org. So in chapter four of Amos, God through Amos is communicating his anger toward the northern kingdom of Israel for a couple sins that he mentioned in earlier chapters. The sin of self-indulgence, which is in this case built on the back of oppressing the poor, and the sin of false religion. So let's check this out and see what he has to say. Hear these words, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to your husbands, bring that we may drink. So that first verse is full of all kinds of stuff here. We'll unpack just a little bit of it. Bashan is an area of the land that has really good pasture. And so the cattle that graze in Bashan tend to be well-fed, plump, taken care of. And God, through Amos, is communicating or drawing a correlation between the cattle of Bashan, these plump, well-fed cows, and these plump, well-fed Israelites who are self-indulgent. You live on the mountain of Samaria, press the poor, crush the needy. And it's not just the husbands and the men that are doing this, but the wives as well. Uh, The Lord has sworn by his holiness that behold, the days are coming upon you when they shall take you away with hooks, even at the last, you with fish hooks. You shall go out through the breaches, each one straight ahead, and you shall be cast out into harmon, declares the Lord. So we need to be careful anytime we come across passages dealing with wealth and God's anger toward people with wealth to understand that wealth itself is not the problem. Unfortunately, there's a false message, a false gospel, kind of a social justice message that's going out in many churches. I've heard it in a lot of mainline churches, frankly, where there's this focus on, on taking care of the poor to the extent that it also implicates anybody who has money, anybody who's wealthy. Fact is, In the United States of America, even those of us who are middle class or even below middle class are very, very wealthy in comparison to the rest of the world. So we need to take these passages in Scripture that deal with wealth very seriously because that applies to all of us. But when we're considering these, when we're understanding them, we got to be careful not to take them too far, as I've suggested that some preachers or churches have done. I don't know if that's a new thing or if that's been around for a while. Uh, I've noticed a kind of anti-wealth message coming from some churches for decades, and I'm sure it predates me. Uh, The idea is not that wealth is bad. The idea is, are you 
neglecting the poor? Are you neglecting others? Are you just doing all this for yourself? That, that's the problem, and that's obviously egregious sin, and it's sin that, frankly, many of us in, in America, uh, in the West, in, in wealthy parts of the world, are guilty of, and we need to repent from. But uh, it's not to say that wealth itself is bad. I'm all for people. I pray all the time for people who know Christ, who I know are genuinely walking with Christ and who own businesses to, to have success, to get wealthy, because they distribute the money that God gives them to, to ministries and causes that advance the gospel. That's praise the Lord for that. So no way God's against wealth, but just the misuse and the misappropriation of wealth. Verses 4 and 5. Come to Bethel and transgress, to Gilgal and multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving of that which is leavened, and proclaim freewill offerings. Publish them, for so you love to do, O people of Israel, declares the Lord. Here God, through Amos, is really kind of being sarcastic, and he's saying, y'all come and make these sacrifices. You love to go through these religious motions. And your hearts are far from me. There's no genuine repentance taking place. There's no moral obedience. So actually, when you do this, you're multiplying transgression. You, you think that you're going through these motions to satisfy me and to get on my good side, but that, that, that doesn't work because your hearts are far from me. We talked about that several podcasts ago. And God wants our hearts the external trappings of our religiosity. He's not terribly concerned with if our hearts aren't there. Now, is he concerned, especially in the Old Testament, with with sacrifice and ritual? Yeah, very specific instructions that we've been through. But if the heart's not engaged, that's a major problem. That's what God's calling out. And that's another message that we, in 21st century American evangelicalism, need to be aware of. There are a lot of people, and a lot of us have been tempted over time to go through the motions uh, raise our hands in worship, uh, or in our hearts are far from God, or, or you know, have a good church attendance record and think that that means something if the, our lifestyles aren't backing that up. So that's a good admonition that uh, applied to the people of Israel back in Amos's day. It applies to us today. Now, check this out, verses 6 and following. I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and lack of bread in all your places, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I also withheld rain from you when there were yet three months to harvest. I would send rain to one city and send no rain to another city. One field would have rain, and the field on which it did not rain would wither. So two or three cities would wander to another city to drink water and would not be satisfied. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I struck you with blight and mildew. Your many gardens and your vineyards, your fig trees and your olive trees, the locusts devoured, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I sent among you pestilence after the form of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword, carried away your horses. I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew some of you, as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a brand plucked out of the burning, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. For behold, he who forms the mountains and creates the wind and declares to man what is his thought, who makes the morning skies and treads on the heights of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. That is an incredible section where God not only takes responsibility for all these you want to call them bad things that were brought upon the people of Israel to punish them. But then he calls them out and says, even after I punished you fiercely, you would not turn to me. This is incredible. I love this text because it teaches us a lot about God. God does have it in his 
capacity, and we've talked about this, to do hard things to his people. But the purpose of it is always so that they would turn back to him. And the egregious thing here is that after the hard things, after the hard discipline, they did not turn back. Lord, protect us from being those kind of people. Give us soft hearts. Help us not to be obstinate. Help us to turn back when your spirit calls us, convicts us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.